The Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. I'm Mark Reynolds. And I'm Tom Swain. And we discuss the film and entertainment industry spotlighting seven original screenplays, which must be produced. And again, the second week in a row, Tom, you are on the phone. Sucks. So you're at the end of your quarantine. Yes. So that's good. Next time, I will be in the beat lab. Great. You know, this is extra work for me. Man, I should have gone to the bathroom before I came down here. I mean, I got a whiz like crazy, Uh-oh. but I could pause and, um, yeah. eh, I'm not going to anyway. Uh, well, I'm glad that, uh, you'll be back next week. That'll be very, very, very helpful, but everyone's okay. Right. Everybody's fine. Everybody's, uh, still well. And, uh, Skylar's mom is getting better. So perfect. And it's all good. All right. Well, that is very good news. Now, um, we talk about this new podcast we're doing soon. Yes. <laughs> Another, in addition to this one, to make my damn movie. A lot, I get a lot of messages. People are very concerned that we're not going to do this one, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's just a little hiccup because of the, yeah. the fucking coronavirus. But I do have on the Radioactive Rant podcast site radioactiverant.com that it's launching early 2021 and Brenda reminded me well that could be like end of February and I'm like or February but oh, so we could push it back even further yes which we'll be doing okay <laughs> moving on so check this out this is interesting well I guess it was interesting so my buddy Ron messaged us um he's getting a lot of airtime actually but uh anyway he messaged us and I thought this was interesting and here's his message okay found this I'm reading it verbatim found this on fucking Facebook and thought for sure you guys would have your own take on movie assholes. Now, I, I found this quite interesting, and we'll have our own opinions on this, but there's four characters listed right. as the biggest asshole in cinema history. Now, I don't, I don't know how this quote-unquote survey was calculated, but we have it here. And before I get into what was on Facebook, this just could be somebody's opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't care. But I thought it was interesting. And yeah, I, that is interesting thing to look up. So think about. I told you to come up with one, and I've mm-hmm. come up with one. There's many, and this is not people in the industry. No, this, this is just characters. Actors, yeah, actors characters. on the screen. Right, exactly. Right. And there's so many. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is that stupid kid in Painting. Uh, Pong summer. <laughs> yeah, he's up there. But anyway, so what do you have? What is your, in your opinion, what who's the biggest asshole in cinema history? What do you got? Well, mine is James Spader as Steph from Pretty in Pink. I just fucking hated him. Oh yeah, he's, he's that spoiled rich kid. Yeah, he's just an he's an asshole to girls and his friends and even his best friend. He even tries to get with Molly Ringwald's character. Yeah, uh, all because she si- seems to know that he's an asshole yep. and kind of outs him as an asshole, and he kind of likes that, I guess. Yeah, Weird. and she re- rejects.
kicks his ass anyway. You know and, what about uh, you know about yeah. that character? We all know that person. Yes. Every single person listening oh, knows yeah. that I person. Totally knew that guy yeah. in high school. So even though James Spader did not look at all like a high school student or <laughs> act like a high school student. No. Yeah. Okay, so mine and again, the kid from Ping Pong Summer would really rank up high. But <laughs> but, but he's not supposed to be an asshole though. No, he's not. But I have to be a little controversial here. And I'm gonna Uh-oh. go with George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. James <laughs> Stewart's character. He's coming back. Uh, he's coming back because I got to thinking about it. And George Bailey, now let me put this into perspective, okay? George Bailey is a stone cold loser who (laughs) mishandles money, has no idea how to run a savings and loan or even what a savings and loan is. What does Mr. Potter say? He says, boy, you're worth more dead than alive. And he was right. Now, George Bailey has way too many children. Yes. Okay. (laughs) There's even a scene where he says, why do we have so many kids? (laughs) He's right. (laughs) And his... And his dumb relatives are stupidly and deeply involved with the oh business. They have no clue how to operate. So that to me, and I will get a lot of flack for that, but <laughs> you might. he's a dick. Hate it. Hate that movie. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to go with the survey. Uh, apparently on Facebook, somebody posted it. <clears throat> Biggest okay. asshole in cinema history. Okay. I'll start at the bottom. Darth Vader, 2%. Yeah. Okay, Hannibal Lecter, eleven percent. Mm, no, I guess, uh, huh? And he did wear a man's face yeah. on his face. So yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. Kind of an asshole move. The Joker, thirteen percent. Hmm. And the number one asshole in cinema history, Jenny from Forrest Gump, seventy-four <laughs> percent. And you know what? Uh, I, I gotta <laughs> agree. <laughs> I do agree. Jenny. <laughs> now, yeah. now listen to me. Was you're you're going to have to bear with me here for just a second. All right. Are you ready for Jenny in a nutshell? In my yeah. opinion. Okay. Now, again, bear with me just for a moment or two. But here's Jenny. In my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to live an extraordinarily reckless life because I want to. And when I feel vulnerable, which is often, I'm going to stop by and bang you, even though you're not 100% sure what the fuck we're doing, right? (laughs) Think about this. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm going to do that because I want to. And even though actions have consequences, I really don't give a shit because you're so stupid in love with me. I can do whatever the hell I want. And I know that I can come running back to you and you'll have me no matter what. And I can do anything to you or with you. And that's what I'm going to do because I want to. Now, see, I agree. Oh, wait. And by the way, (laughs) you knocked me up. I had a kid continue to live a stupid, reckless life. But here's the kid on your doorstep after my death. Enjoy. (laughs) Later, sucker. That's Jenny in a nutshell to me. It is. Am I wrong? No. I mean, give me a break, man. I had to agree with that survey. Yeah, that that's a good survey. And believe me, really thought about that. Trust me on one thing: I will get a lot of flack for that too. So this podcast, I'm going to get a lot of messages. Oh, you don't understand, Jenny. I understand. (laughs) Okay, bitch on wheels. Done. 
Yeah. End of story. Okay, there you go. Now, go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com, if you dare, and uh, check it out. And also, you can send us a message, which we'll do right now. Messages from the listeners from MakeMyDamnMovie.com. All right. Yvonne, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Here's hoping Tom and his family are continuing to do well after being exposed to COVID. So I thought that was very nice. Very nice. Thank you. We're doing well. Charles, Sacramento, California. Episode 60 might have been one of your best podcasts if it wasn't for one of you having to be on the damn phone. Wow. There you go. Rebecca, Liverpool, England. Greetings, Mark. I found it quite lovely how you use your wife's personality traits, past and present, to help develop your characters in your scripts. And at the same time, I'm rather surprised she puts up with your <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> she rather not, believe me. Now, I do love that she used shenanigans. Shenanigans. That's yes. great. Tomfooleries, Skylarkings, mm-hmm. all that. <laughs> Mason, Grays Lake, Illinois. I agree with you, Mark. Already love this dude. (laughs) Using people you have or have had in your life is a great way to develop characters in a screenplay. I've done it myself on occasion, and it works. Yes, I know. We did an entire segment on it. Therefore, we're well aware. But thank you, Mason. And good luck. You probably need it. Cameron, (laughs) Fort Wayne, Indiana. I listened to Tom's summary of the film Tampopo and decided to give it a whirl. Pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Thanks. We'll probably watch it again now. Huh, okay. Now, do yeah. you know what the definition of Tampopo is? Isn't it a uh, flower? Dandelion. Dandelion, yeah. The name of the lady that runs the shop. Right. I checked it out. I actually thought that you I did. would not check it out. And I love reading a movie, all subtitles, being a hey, Japanese movie. But that's, that's you got to do that. It Sometimes. was bizarre. <laughs> To say the least. A lot of noodle slop glopping. Yes. A weird gangster and his girlfriend cutaway. Cutaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of weird. the uh, egg scene with them? The yolks. Passing the yolk between each other? The gangster guy cracked a yolk, (laughs) put it in his mouth, and then transferred it to her mouth. And then she transferred it back without breaking it back and forth and back and forth until I thought until I thought she died. I I figured she she looked like she died, but I guess she was in ecstasy or something weird. But thanks for recommending that. A couple of of strange uh, parts of that movie. Yeah, a lot of strange parts. All right, Farouk, Tashkent, Uzbekistan. I guess I said all that right. I hope I like your podcast and I adore the American motion picture industry. Really? The films are spectacular with better quality writing than any other nation. I can only dream about having one of my projects even considered in the States, but I suppose you never know. Oh, I know. Keep dreaming, baby. Keep dreaming. All righty. There you have it, folks. Are we done? Yeah. Um, and if you want to send us a message, go to makemydamnmovie.com and go to send a message. And we might That's read it. it on the thing. You never know Maybe. what we're going to do. Yeah! Oh, God. But what I know we're going to do is the movie quotes game. As I shuffle around to find what it's called. 
And <laughs> this is where I read a movie quote, and you try to tell me what movie it's from. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, we will go to the... Well, we're getting to the end of the Trivial Pursuit TV cards that I found, really? in, my, yeah, that I found in my garage from 1942. Wow. So that's good news. But here's your first movie quote. Are you ready? Yeah. But I crap bigger than you. Uh, full metal jacket? City Slickers. City Slickers. Oh, that's Curly. right. Jack Palance. Jack Palance, who can do one-arm push-ups. And let me tell you something. He is great in that movie that you and I oh, like, yeah. Baghdad Cafe, which we will talk about. Yes, that's right. We will talk about soon. Okay, here's your next movie quote. My theory is you can't go around avoiding everybody you screwed up with. And trust me, I'm a New Yorker. going well. No, it's not. Adventureland. James Brennan. Jesse Eisenberg. Holy shit. That's a great movie. Yeah. That's that a really a good, good movie. movie. That's a really good movie. All right, here's your third one. You're 0 for 2. Not doing well. Yeah. Okay, that, let's pull it out here, okay? Okay. You got me moving enough weed to kill Willie fucking Nelson, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because... We're the Millers! Yes! David oh, Clark, God. Jason Sudeikis. Oh, well, why can you... Well, you're back to getting none right, so... Yeah. There's something. Right. Okay, now to the Trivial Pursuit cards that I found in my garage, minus the game from 1943. Here's your first one. They're old! All right. So, get ready. Yeah. This is so easy... I should not have prefaced it with that. <laughs> don't don't yeah. even say that. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, here we go. What made Popeye strong? <laughs> Weed. No, spinach. Very nice. All right, here's your next one. On which TV station does Mary Richards work? What TV station? Uh, I have no idea. WJM. W-J-M. From the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's your next one. What was the name of the Flintstones family pet? Dino. (laughs) You were choking there for a second. It scared me. Of course. Yeah. And these cards love Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, and (laughs) the Beverly Hillbillies. So here we go. What was the name of the hotel owned by Kate Bradley on Petticoat Junction? <laughs> Come on, really? I never watched that. Well, I if you watch Green Acres Hillbilly. or the Beverly Hillbillies, you'd know it. The Shady Rest Hotel. Oh, come that's on. Right. So that's it does ring a bell, Beverly right? Yes. Okay. I was worried that it wasn't ringing a bell or anything, man. I'm a little bit disappointed in you there. Me too. Oh, well, what can well, we do? Well, that's all the time. That's true. Okay. Are you ready for the staff picks? Yes. It is time for the staff picks, where we attempt to force you to watch movies 
that we like now. That's right. And you said people like this feature. They Well, in the messages, I just read you one. A guy took your advice. I'm a little jealous, actually, because no one well, mentioned any of my picks <laughs> by name, so I only have one thing to say. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck off! I mean, come on! Really? Were you born an asshole? Or did you work at it your whole life? Backup singer's coming. Because you're certainly being an asshole Stand by. Tonight. To me, go. that's worth it. It's worth the Very button. Good. All right, yeah. stat picks. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? You go first, since I went first with the uh, movie Asshole Guys. Okay, all right. My stat pick is a movie called New Waterford Girl. And I don't think I'll get this actress's name right. It's from 1999, but her name is Leanne Balabon. Does she ring a bell to you? Anyway, you'd know her if you saw her. Uh, Tara Spencer Naren and Andrew McCarthy is in this. And you just did a uh, Biggest Asshole with a movie that he was in. Anyway. Yeah. New Waterford Girl, an artistic girl called Mooney. Her name is Mooney, feels trapped in this small coastal Canadian town where she lives with her huge family in this extremely cramped house. Now, her teacher, who is McCarthy, offers her a spot in an art school in New York City, which is, of course, a billion miles away, and her folks forbid her to go. Meanwhile, this gruff girl from Manhattan named Lou moves into the neighborhood and she quickly becomes friends with the art girl, Mooney, right? Right. And the two girls come up with a scheme to help Mooney get to this art school in New York by utilizing Lou's unbelievable, are you ready for this? Boxing skills. (laughs) What? Very weird, okay? Okay. It was filmed in New Waterford, Nova Scotia, of course, New Waterford Girl, but gorgeous scenery in this movie. So check out New Waterford Girl. I know you'd like it, Tom. Waterford Girl. I have to check it out. That's very good. Okay, what is yours? Oh, mine, uh, the premise of mine is way simpler than that. Okay. Mine is Hell or High Water, my favorite movie from 2016, hands down. Oh, yeah. It's written by Taylor Sheridan, who is an amazing writer. Well, he wrote three amazing movies and just stopped. Sicario, mm. Wind River, and this one. Okay. And it stars Jeff Bridges as Sheriff Marcus Hamilton. And uh, it also stars Chris Pine and then Ben Foster, who's been in a shit ton of movies. I, I, he's always a bit part guy. But in this, he stands out. He does one of the best acting jobs I've ever seen him do. Hands awesome. down. Okay. And it's about uh, two brothers, Toby and Tanner, who start robbing banks for personal reasons. And I'm just I'm not I'm not going to go into any details about that. Okay. It'll ruin it. Even though it's, you know, it's alluded to and it's on their IMDb anyway. Okay. But uh, the only thing standing in their way is Marcus, that the uh, Texas Ranger, Jeff Bridges, who's only uh, weeks away from retirement, but he's not ready to ride off into the sunset. So he's, he's going to go after these guys. Cool. It is really, really amazing. The cinematography in this 
makes you feel like you're really in West Texas. Well, you're not actually in West Texas anyway. Yeah. It's actually shot in eastern New Mexico. Oh, okay. But man, just the grand open spaces, they really show that off. Cool. The acting is amazing in this movie. All right. Really recommend it. Sounds good. There you go. So, yeah. There's our staff picks. Check them out. Check or don't. Out. I don't really care. Mm. You know. It's up to you. It's really not. Just do it. It's not my thing. Okay, so today what I wanted to talk about, and this just came to me recently, but I thought it was a good idea. <clears throat> Attracting a wide audience with your screenplay. Yeah. And a lot of people have a really hard time doing that, except for me. And I'm going to mention two screenplays that I've penned that are absolutely textbook for attracting a wide audience. Ah. And the first one, I'm, and I'll read the log lines. And the first one is Hit Escape. And here's the log line for Hit Escape. <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to edit all those out. Yeah. I don't feel good. Take hours. Yeah, it's true. Hit Escape, a despondent L.A. lawyer is transported back to 1983 Daytona Beach and her 18-year-old body to relive a day she's been longing for and faces having to make a choice to stay and carve out a new path in life or return to the present. Now, let me tell you about Hit Escape. And let me tell you one of my biggest problems I have with a lot of people that read this like readers and people mm -hmm. that give you notes and feedback, which I don't do anymore and you shouldn't either out in podcast land. But right. anyway... Hit Escape, it's a 50-plus-year-old woman in present time, okay? And a lot of people are like, oh, uh, why? 50? Yeah, she should be dead. <laughs> she should be in the grave. What the fuck are you doing putting a 50-year-old in there? Yeah. Okay, back to my point, attracting a wide audience. So you have a 50-plus-year-old in present time, right? A smart, right. funny fun, strong 50-year-old woman, I might add, in present time. And then she goes back to the 80s and she interacts with teenagers in the 80s. Right. So you're appealing to two demographics. You're appealing to adults because the beginning of the film, she's 50. And then she goes back, boom, to be with these teens she grew up with. However, she's in her teenage body with her 50-plus-year-old yeah. mind. Exactly. So here's where you have a situation. Not only do you have a strong female character, a lead, okay? You have two demographics that you're appealing to, adults and younger people. And isn't that what puts butts in the seats? Damn right. So that's my first example of how you attract a wide audience with your screenplay. Now, my second one, I think, is even better, if that's even possible. <laughs> I was going to say, what? Huh? The flip side. Now, ah. let me read the logline. An unlikely okay. alliance of high school stoners and jocks joined forces in 1977 to hatch a zany scheme to stop their meddling principal's attempt to keep them from working at a popular burger joint. Now, here's what you're dealing with with the flip side. You're dealing with kids in the 70s dealing with a strict high school principal. Still relatable to kids today, but also relatable to adults that were kids back in the 70s. Yeah. It's a win-win, gotcha. you bitches. Yeah. In addition with this <laughs> script, the adults are not stereotypical. The parents of the boy character, Keith, aren't your classic stupid, clueless, moronic parents that seem no. to appear in every single freaking teen movie. 
They're actual. Yeah, they, they just let their kids do whatever the hell they want. Right. These parents are involved with their kids. They're strong. They are decisive. They don't let the kids run them around. And they're fun and funny and cool. They're cool parents. That's true. And there's a teacher involved in this script. An adult teach someone in her 30s. And she's also pretty damn cool and not your stereotypical teacher. Right. And the principal is your stereotypical principal. But he's got sort of. But he's got issues. Yeah. Big time. But that's what makes the movie funny, right? Exactly. You got to have those uh, issues to bounce off of from your main characters. Right. And and so many movies just focus on one demo, just one. And I don't yeah. think that's a good idea. I think you need to open the doors and bo- even if you think about it, the Radio Chaos script here has definitely got some adults in there. But they're more stereotypical. Yeah. Like, you know, the strict and and browbeating type. But I digress. The two screenplays I just talked about, Hit Escape and The Flip Side, feature extremely relatable characters, both young and old, adolescents and adults. And that, Mm -hmm. to me, is a winning combination. Am I right? Yeah, you got uh, your demographics from old to young, or I don't, I don't consider fifty old because I'm almost there. No, it's anyway. not. Listen, it's not old. But, I mean, here's what kind of blew me away. Um, Brenda's watching Cobra Kai. Oh wow! And I That's was a huge hit. I know, and I was passing by. It was on the TV, mm-hmm. and guess who I saw in Cobra Kai? Daniel's son's girlfriend today. From the first movie? Yes. Are you freaking kidding me? I knew she would come back. Elizabeth Shue. Yes, Elizabeth Shue. 57-year-old Elizabeth Shue looks like she's 23. I know, yeah. She's uh, held up good. I mean, she has definitely held up well. Very, very <laughs> well. And she would be a great Sharon in oh, Hit yeah. Escape. Because I was looking at it, I was like, Wow. So, yeah, I'm sick and tired of these motherfuckers <laughs> running around. Oh, 50, ew, 40, ew, they should be in a home. You should be in a home. You know, that's that's interesting because the flip side has the parents and the kids. Yep. And Hit Escape, even more so, would be in the demographic as Cobra Kai in popularity because the kids love that show and the, the people that remember Karate Kid, they also love that show. See? And this they're in is, their 50s now. This is what I'm talking about. And I think really Hit Escape just fits right into that mold. More so, yeah, definitely. Because you're going back to the 80s with a person that still has her mind in present day, the 2000s. But she's in her teenage body interacting with these friends that are in their 18-year-old mind. Right. There you go. So it all revolves back to me (laughs) as it should. And why? In the hell are these screenplays not just being grabbed left and right from Hollywood? I'm serious. And I know everybody, listen, producers, agents, man, whatever. And I know you're listening. Believe me. (laughs) But my point is enough. Okay, just enough. Everyone's crying. Where's the good stuff? Where's the good stuff? It's right freaking here. (laughs) 
So Magic 8-Ball, should I stop all of this nonsense Uh and just put it all to bed because I'm kind of tired of it? Should I? (laughs) Oh. My answer is yes, definitely. Finally, an answer you wanted from me. Dick! No, that is what I wanted to hear. Okay, well, that's it. We're done. I'm done. Hey, no. I'm glad. No more, no more make my damn movie. No more scripts. No more writing. No more radioactive, whatever it's called, the new podcast. I'm going. That's not even about screenwriting. I'm going to bed permanently. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I've had it. No. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we got to go. We really do. But anyway, All check right. out MakeMyDamnMovie.com to see if we're still around. Yeah. There you go. And uh, we will talk to you. advice. We'll talk to you next time around later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.